Rebels. This is episode five of our six-part series in how to start anything. And this might be the most important episode. Yes, this is definitely something that I know a lot of our audience have problems with. Uh, we're going to go a lot into like marketing and networking in this episode. And I know a lot of creatives, networking is something that they hate the idea of. And marketing is something they just don't want to do. They just want to be creating. Marketing is the tangible thing that comes in when you want to turn your hobby into a profession. If you just want to be creative as a hobby, that's absolutely fine. You don't need to get anyone to buy it. If you want people to pay you for what you do, then you're going to have to get them to find out about it. We've already talked in the previous episode about... Building a portfolio, working free, getting clients, sales. Yeah. We've already talked in the previous episode about getting clients and so kind of meeting them face to face, telling them about your services, cold emailing them, contacting people and telling them you exist. The other way to get clients is for them to find you and you do that through good marketing. Yeah, it's what we've done a lot with our businesses, especially like when we first started. Once you've got to a stage when you've got your marketing like set up so you can go and do it then it's surprising how many things just come to you. And I would say probably about 95% of our business over the years has come from people coming to us without us having to go to them. And if you can do that, it means your business can really scale because the time you're spending on going to get those things, you can times that by 100 because 100 people could find you at the same time. Yeah, so the way we did that in the beginning and how we still do it now is through our website. Specifically, if we talk about Graffiti Life, if you have a look at the Graffiti Life website, you can see clearly our services are are labelled. You can tell when you go to the services page exactly what you're going to be getting. And we spent a long time working on SEO so that it was discoverable in Google. Yeah, so when we first started, we were like, well, we've got a service that not many people really know exists, which is quite hard. But So how can we get people to find out about us? But we knew a lot of like graphic designers and people would be searching for the word graffiti because they would like graffiti has been used in so many kind of marketing campaigns advertising campaigns like pop culture and stuff for years so we know people are searching for it so we're like well to get in front of those people we're going to need to rank for the word graffiti so when they search for the phrase graffiti will pop up as hiring a graffiti artist the fact that you can pay us to come and do it for you rather than just trying to do it yourselves because it's funny like when we first started like the amount of times we'd have to cringe when we would see like posters of kind of in air quotes graffiti that was just really cheesy just really badly done yeah yeah it just looked like a a kid's game of some kind yeah it was just not authentic and so by coming directly to us they knew they would be dealing with actual artists who had experience in creating these sort of images rather than people who were replicating what they thought it should be Um, but nonetheless that's what we were clearly able to demonstrate on our website improved our seo was getting linked by as many other sites that were high quality sites as possible yeah, there's lots of ranking factors for how to rank on Google. Links coming to your website are one of the most effective things. So any way you can get a link, like coming back to you, that's almost like a vote. For, it's saying to Google, I trust this website. I've worked with these people before. This is a good thing. So I would rank that highly because it's trusted. And there's a few ways you can get those links. Um, you can contact all the people you've worked with before and just say, can you put your link on your website? We started, especially in the beginning, is we would say to people, if you can't afford this job because our prices are too high, well, could we exchange a link for that? So could we? Could you put a link on your website? Could you do a blog post about us? And then we can give you a discount because that link has a value because if someone's searching for it and it ranks highly and they find you on Google because of that, then you could get a job from that. So it's like spending money on advertising, 
but you're doing it through people you're already working with. And then another way to get links would be to blog on other people's websites. It's doing stuff for free, but like not free as in you're not getting any money for it, but you're exchanging services in some way. So in that case, you could do a blog post for someone on something you're an expert about. So say you're a jewelry designer and you've seen a fashion website which is has been doing similar kinds of posts. You could go to them and say, I would love to do a guest post on your website. I'm very experienced in this. Could I create some free content for you in exchange for a link on that? Yes, a lot of clients are probably going to come to you and say, after they hear your prices, oh, we haven't got that much budget. So it's always worth doing your research and seeing if their website is the is a high value website where it would be worth um, sharing your links because not all websites are created equal. Um, what we would do in the early days is if people would say, oh, I don't have a budget, we would drop our prices in exchange for a link on their website. So for example, we found out that a link on a .ac site, so any university that ends in .ac, is seen by Google as an absolute authority, a very, a very, very trusted space. So when we get contacted by a university, if they cannot afford what we're charging, we'll say, you can give us a link on your website. Maybe we'll do it for 500 pounds cheaper. So by dropping our prices by 500 pounds for that university, we're actually still 500 pounds up technically if we've got a link on their website because the power that it gives our website on Google is absolutely huge. Yeah, and that all comes down to the value of your products because if you sell things for maybe a couple of pounds each, then that link might not be as worth as much as if you're selling services for a few thousand pounds a go. So it's kind of a, a thing you have to weigh up. So you can find out how good a website is. There's a website called moz.com that have a thing called Open Site Explorer, where you can type in any URL and it will give you a rating out of 100, I think it is. So obviously higher that number, the better value that is. So if you come across a website with a very low authority, then it might not be worth offering much of a discount for that. Yeah, so this is the thing when people say, oh, we can give you great exposure. If that exposure is on the website, there's a, a legit way of checking, okay, is this good exposure? Because is this link actually going to power my website through Google by being a good place to be uh, to being linked to? Yeah, And then on-page stuff is really important as well. Everyone knows about keywords and putting keywords in your website, but it's not just about that. You basically need to create as much content on your website as possible around a certain topic. So you can't keyword stuff anymore like you used to be able to, where you could just like repeat the same thing over and over again. There's now like related keywords. So through moz.com as well, you can also see those different like related keywords and that's really important so for example if you've got a fashion brand if and you sell t-shirts if you start mentioning the fact you sell these different types of t-shirts you might sell some other clothing some fabrics so all the words are linked around it like google's really smart now it can tell exactly what a website's about by other little things that are related to it too so we always kind of say like try and blog as often as you can with good quality content let's say over 500 words a post or something something that's like something that's actually valuable and something that people actually share treat it like social media on your blog like is this content good enough that someone else would share it and by having that mentality it will then hopefully get that shared and then by getting that shared you'll get more links coming into your site which is only going to benefit you when we first started our business social media wasn't really a thing like it was around but it was just for connecting with your friends it wasn't really a business platform like it is now but social media obviously today is absolutely huge for growing a business. I think it's very important to work out where your potential clients may be. So for us, our Graffiti Life Instagram account, although we've got a lot of followers on there, they're typically just people who are interested in seeing photos of paintings and they're not necessarily our clients. I don't think we've ever actually got a job in through Instagram. 
Um, whereas our tattoo studio, Parlor, um, that Instagram account is pretty much exclusively followed by clients or potential clients. Um, yeah, and we have a lot of people come into the shop who say they've found us on Instagram, which is great because it means we know that's working. So it means we'll double down and do more of that. So it's really good at the start to try lots of different social networks. Whereas whereas with Graffiti Life, we don't really post on that Instagram account that often. We put, we put cool stuff up as and when we can, but it's not a priority for us. A priority for us with Graffiti Life is posting on LinkedIn where all of our clients are and our existing relationships are. And it's just kind of, it's that thing of reminding people what you're up to. And that's, what, that's where we do it is on LinkedIn. So how do you build a following on social media? Well, that kind of comes down to really good content. Like content wins every single time. And you can try all of the different tactics and stuff that will give you little boosts. But so many people we've talked to on the show will say, like, oh, what's your social media strategy? And I'll say, I don't have one. I just post good content. Yeah, consistency is huge. Patience and consistency. You're not going to build a huge following overnight um, unless you unless you can really like explode, you can kind of come on the scene like we did with the podcast. We launched at number one, which uh, put a huge amount of eyeballs onto us straight away. If you're not able to create that huge kind of um, moment where everything kind of comes together and then erupts in, into into this big sort of attention bomb is all I can think of. Underclap is what that's called. Oh, well, there you go. There's an actual analogy to properly describe it. What's the, what's the thunderclap? So yeah, a, thunder, a thunderclap would be where loads of different things happen at all the exact same time. So say if you launched a product and 50 people or thousands of people all post it at exactly the same time. Right. Everyone's like, what the hell is this? It's happening everywhere. And you see it a lot with certain niche accounts on Instagram where you'll get someone who's done a really great photo. They've put it out. It's been picked up by an, a big page because they're like, this is amazing. The content's really good. And that gets shared through the bigger page. And then all of these other pages that are also in that niche will then share it too. And all of a sudden, like, you'll be like, I just keep seeing this photo absolutely everywhere. And it's that, it's by getting that where people will see massive growth, especially because the organic growth on Instagram and Facebook today is so next to nothing. You can't grow like you used to. So you just, you can only win by doing really, really good content. Also, there's so many people on the platform now. So your content needs to be so good that it really stands out. But then on the flip side of that, if you want to build a community there, then that could be really, really important too. If you go back to one of our very early episodes, uh, episode two with Zach and Jay, they have expertly crafted that every single video they put out is designed to go viral. It's designed to be that thunderclap moment. It's designed for as many people to pick up on it as possible. But for most of us, we're not able to just engineer those viral moments. And that's when the the long, hard slog of just being consistent comes in. And that may be three years of content. It may be five years of content. It may be 10 years of content. And you have to know that, that, is, that that's there in front of you. That's a, a cliff that you're going to have to climb. And you can just you are, you can only do that through perseverance and keeping on growing and posting and sharing. A lot of people are not using social networks correctly uh, to grow because they they just post something, they use a couple of hashtags, and they expect then for magic to happen. Social media is very very hard in that you have to actually spend time and you have to actually work at it. So once you have posted your picture. You then should go and interact with other accounts. You should be leaving as many comments as you physically have time to in a day on accounts that are relevant to your account so that people then will discover you. Yeah, I think like the biggest thing for me with social media is the ability to network on it. Like 
things grow really, really fast when you grow a community of people around you who are doing a very similar thing and everyone starts sharing each other's work. There's a lot of creators on Instagram specifically where you'll see them share other people's work within this kind of community that they're building. And if everyone can share everyone else's audience, it just grows really, really quickly. If you can start becoming friends with people you aspire to be like by posting good content, by helping them out, by commenting on their stuff regularly, like grow, like start a relationship. Like I say a lot, it's called social media for a reason. So be social. And by growing that community, things can really, really help, especially if you're any if you're doing anything creative, like getting other people to share your work is massive. Yeah, you mentioned there building a relationship and who has ever had built a friendship on a one second conversation. It doesn't happen. So you can't just expect the first comment for them to then come and give you a follow or or like back or even respond to your comment. Yeah, it's, it's almost like walking down the street and just high fiving someone and expecting them to become your best friend just doesn't happen like that yeah yeah i'm going to the pub do you want to come it's like no you're a weird person who just high-fived me yeah um we have to build that trust um and part of that trust will actually come from when they visit your page it's another shop front as soon as they go to your profile be it your facebook profile your twitter profile or your instagram profile or your tiktok videos wherever it is they then see what you're laying out and they see is this the kind of person that i am do, do i relate to this is this someone who's part of my tribe yeah and i think finding your tribe is so so important and if you can find them find out where they are what they like to do it comes back to what we talked about in a previous episode about understanding who your users are who your like audience is where they hang out what they like to do because if you can find people like that your audience is going to grow so much faster because you're targeting people who you know are interested in it if you're just blanket targeting anyone with likes comments and stuff just to get them to follow you back but you don't really care who they are then it's a bit like you There's just, no value. It's, it's a worthless relationship. Exactly. And it's all about growing meaningful relationships. So much of what we've done and so many of our successes have come from knowing other people. Like we say how oh, every good thing that ever happens in your life is because of someone else. And social media is such a great way to get in front of those people. Like I've made so many friends and connections through social media. And a lot of the guests that we'll get on our show and all sorts of different things will happen because we've just reached out to people. Yeah, we always say the people that you meet will change your life. And I think that's absolutely true there. Whatever your dream or your goal is, there is someone out there who can make that happen. You just have to get to that person. And most of us can't just directly go to those decision makers straight away. It takes time. It takes building a reputation. Um, for example, there's certain people who we can't get on our podcast yet. We know we'll get them eventually, but we're still building our reputation. Um, as soon as we have interviewed or everyone who's like kind of a, a, a tier below them, it will it will allow us to get more and more guests, which will get us to the stage where we get those guests. So it's all a building process. And exactly the same is true in business. We couldn't jump straight from doing a kid's bedroom to working for Adidas. We needed uh, to do some free work. We needed to meet the right people. We needed to put ourselves in the right situation and have a body of work behind us, a portfolio, as we spoke of in the last episode, that people could then trust us. So as soon as you have built that portfolio, then it's time to start networking. Some people are networking machines. They are inhuman and every time you see them, they're just out, they're meeting people, they're giving their business card, they're linking on LinkedIn, they're doing all of this stuff. But for most of us, it's not like that. It's a hard and difficult process. 
but it is such a necessary one. And I would urge anyone who hates the idea of networking, of learning to love it, uh, is what both of us have done. We actually yeah. really enjoy networking now. And as introverted people, we have had to force ourselves to do that. I used to fucking hate it. Like still now I still get a bit nervous and stuff at certain events, but like the benefits that come from it and the experience and confidence you get by doing it a lot is just game changing. Like it's so good. The people you meet, when you can approach them in a confident way, it like it's just amazing. And that only comes through practice and it might be a bit hard and it might be really scary. But again, it's like what we talked about previously. It's that confidence building and buying and by going out and doing it again and again and again, every time you'll get a little bit better, you'll get a little bit more confident until it gets to a stage where you won't even think about it. And you'll kind of look back at your previous self like and you just laugh. Like I think back to how awful I used to be and it's kind of funny like why was I so scared and when you first start it kind of feels like you're pedaling a bike but you're not going anywhere because you'll be having all of these conversations and trust me the work just doesn't it doesn't come you'll be very lucky if you actually start getting clients from doing this networking it seems to be a very very slow process and also I suppose it goes towards that that one second making a friend in one second thing you've only got a few seconds at a networking event but it's so it's maybe your you're in it's your first step in the door but then you have to foster the relationships after that so I think a good example of that was I met someone a couple of years ago who I knew would be an amazing client, um, but you can't just say, oh, hi, employ me. So we met, we got on really well. Turns out that he'd actually taken some photos of some street art that we'd made. Uh, so there was already kind of a connection there, which was great, really, really handy. Um, but from that, we ha I had to, I knew I had to build a relationship. So I waited for the right time. And it turns out that the right time was when we were preparing a really big pitch for uh, for a completely separate project. And I asked this person that I've met if I could come and practice my pitch to him because in kind of a mentor type of role, this person was uh, very, very high up in a very big company. So I would, I actually would really um, value his opinion on, on our pitch. I think he felt honored to be asked. And so he said, yes. And but then you sort of realize by practicing your pitch to that person, you're actually pitching to that person as well. And from that meeting, we were introduced to a couple of people who've become like one of our biggest clients. Um, but that only comes through us firstly being in the room on that night. It, he was actually a speaker at a networking event. When he came off the stage, I approached him. So it comes from that confidence of actually approaching someone. And then it comes from developing the relationship beyond that initial meet. Yeah, and I think it's developing a relationship. It's like developing a friendship, not just going into it like I'm going to get some, I'm going to get something out of this person. We're going to exchange business. It's trying to find people that you get on with and who you like. Because when you first start, you often have to work with clients who aren't your ideal clients. But as time goes on, you start to work with more and more people who become your friends. And so many of our clients now are friends as well as clients. So we would almost think of them as friends first, clients second. If your clients become your friends, and that's kind of the dream scenario, that's what everyone wants to be. Over the years, like you find a lot of people who've been in business for a really long time, they'll just work with people they know. And it's like a lot of we get this a lot where people are like how do I break into this industry because people have already got the people in that thing I know how hard this is and at the beginning of 2019 I'd kind of made the decision that I wanted to really get into public speaking and I was just like well what do I do where do I start I have no clients or contacts that are part of the public speaking world 
Um, when I look at different events that are going on, it always seems to be the same group of speakers. And I can't break into that because I don't have a portfolio. I can't say, oh, I've spoken X, Y, Z event. So of course you'll have me because you will have heard of me. I'm, I'm just a nobody. So it was really, really hard. And actually in June, 2019, I wrote down a very outlandish goal of, I want to make uh, £50,000 through public speaking um, in the next year. And it looks like that's actually going to come true, which is insane because when I wrote it down, I was like, that's, I, I wanted so to, outlandish. yeah, I wanted to write down something that was absolutely ridiculous and it looks like it's going to come true. So that's, that's insane. But um, the way that I started was first thing I did was I changed my LinkedIn title to include the word speaker. Um, I started saying in different situations to clients to like literally to anyone or listen oh i'm i'm getting into public speaking i'm really enjoying public speaking and then i started speaking for free at different events now i'm talking about like speaking to 20 people in a pub um going to universities and doing talks for free literally just anything i could do to practice the craft of public speaking but also to let people know that this was a thing that i did yeah i think like titling yourself with exactly what you want to be is a really important thing. It's a great step in the right direction. A lot of people, when you first meet them, you say, so what do you do? And they're like, oh, I'm not really sure. I don't know really how to say that. But if you really want to get into public speaking, if you really want to be a photographer, when you meet someone, you say, I'm a photographer. Because then it's like, that they'll remember you as that's what you are. And when they come to think of that, they'll think, oh, that's that guy. It's not the person who said, oh, I'm not sure I do a few different things. It's like, if you want to be that thing, go and do that thing and just say you're that thing. Change all your bios to include that. So when people think of your name, they think of that. And then when they think of that, they think of your name. I would always, when I was giving my number to people as well, I would always say, I'll oh, put me in as David the Graffiti Artist, then you won't forget me. Yeah. And I'm kind of programming it into them. Like I'm saying the words and then you won't forget me. Like David the Graffiti Artist. It was like, I'm just planting it in their yeah, head. So it's a great idea. And then every time they see your number flash up, it's like, there's no question who you are or what you do. Yeah, because often I'll go through my phone book and because we've been in business for like around 10 years now, I've got so many numbers of clients and people I've worked with over the years. I have no idea who they are. But there's the odd few that will be like Becky from Adidas. And I'll be like, well, I know exactly who that was because I've put their job title attached to it. So yeah, it's an amazing tool. I think what would be a great challenge to do is to find five people who you think could be a part of your network and then try and get them to meet. Like try and like message a bunch of people on Instagram on any social network that you're using and just try and get a bunch of people that you can start a group with even if it's just a group online and you never actually meet each other if you live in different places like get a bit of a community get like a little group together where you can discuss things it makes things so much easier if you've got other people to support you too because we know there's a lot of you out there who are working on your own and don't have those people who you can bounce off yeah I totally have empathy for how hard it is and I definitely went through it with the public speaking thing and time kind of slows down and I I felt after sort of a month of declaring that I was a public speaker and not getting any gigs for it I was sort of like well what like what am I doing and it just took time and then all of a sudden you start to see the seeds that you've planted the people that you told that you're a public speaker like six months ago all of a sudden start to get in contact so as I mentioned, I've been saying it to different clients. I mentioned it to people who work at DNAD. Then all of a sudden a job came up and I was booked to speak. And it was one of my first kind of paid speaking gigs. And it was absolutely huge, huge learning experience, but it was a paid client. Now I can put that down on my CV as as a client that I've done paid speaking for. So it's 
it feels really lonely in the beginning and you you feel like you're doing all this work and no one's actually paying attention um but i think it's just time and patience and consistency are the keys because the more that you do it the more people will find out about you and you might have to knock on 99 doors to get the the first person to take you seriously but as soon as they're following you then those next 99 doors that you you knock on it'll be easier and you'll convert a couple more people it's just time patience and consistency we say it all the time the people that you meet will change your life so go out there and meet as many people as possible tell them what you do be proud of what you do don't hold back um uh don't be ashamed of what you do like your creativity if you want it to become your career you're going to have to learn how to tell people about it and be proud of what you do it's not easy in the beginning but it does get better i promise if you've enjoyed this episode then uh, let us know in the comments and make sure you subscribe for when the next one comes out and hit the notification bell so you can get alerted as soon as we drop a video ding dong <laughs>